Hi, everybody. I just want to give you some important news and some interesting news. I've got Bob Hamrick with me here today. And, you know, Bob goes into the detail in the numbers like nobody else. And uh, every month we come up with some ideas of, of what our numbers are based on the previous month. And I'm going to turn the time over to Bob and I'm going to facilitate this and ask some questions periodically. But Bob's going to go into the importance of us understanding our numbers. And Bob, the floor is yours. And uh, let's talk about it uh, as you get to certain part points. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you, Mr. President. And uh, it's an honor to be with uh, all of you members. I uh, hope this information is of, of benefit to you. Uh, I reached out to, uh, to Lee a few weeks ago uh, to, to share my thoughts on some of the numbers that have been shared with the press and um, the fact that we might want to manage those numbers a little bit and provide some color to the press so that my recent observations have been that it's been a little bit negative. Property values dropped again. The average sales price dropped again. So how do we manage that? And, and, and what is the real angle to the marketplace? So first of all, I just want to say that I think there, there's not a single real estate coach in the industry that does not emphasize the importance of knowing the market and knowing the stats. They all encourage their individuals that they coach to know the numbers. And so uh, LBR does an amazing job of providing those numbers. And so then we have to be able to look at it and interpret those numbers to be able to share what that actually means. Uh, I have always believed when going on a listing presentation, just as an example, that we should be discussing the marketplace in a macro approach first before we get to micro. In other words, we should say, Mr. And Mrs. Seller, before we go into the details of your home, which I'm very prepared to do, how about if I share a little bit of information about what's happening from a macro view in the Las Vegas marketplace? And, and just that statement says you're talking to an authority. You're talking to someone that knows what's going on in the marketplace. And so that positions you ahead of your competition, most likely. And then it's a question of what am I going to say? And the answer is the information that is provided to you on a monthly basis, at least, but also on a weekly basis. So Market Watch is a, is a fabulous resource of LVR. You can see what's happened on a daily basis. You can see what's happened on a weekly basis. We share it with our sales associates on a weekly basis. And here's some interesting snapshot uh, observations last week to this week. One, it tells us how many properties came on the market. And um, this week, or actually last week, there were 764 properties that came to the market. And the week before that, it was 739. Uh, but here's the interesting thing. Uh, if you add up the number of properties that went into contract, either show or no show, um, for last week, remember I said 955 properties went on the market, 941, it went into escrow. So in essence, we are absorbing the inventory immediately as it hits the market. So we're not growing our inventory because every time on average, the number of listings that we're taking is the number that we're selling. And, and uh, last week, uh, the number was 940 against 739. This week, 941 against 764. And then the question is, do you want to add uh, back on the market? Because there, 
when a property comes back on the market, it is kind of like a new listing. And so if you add that, we have parity between the number of homes that are coming on the market and number they're selling. If you don't add that, then we're actually selling more homes than we're listing. So uh, the statistic for the number of properties that are canceling on a weekly basis is 20% of what's coming to the market. So what do you do with that? Uh, what's your cancellation rate? Do you have a solid cancellation or non-cancellation rate? Do you, uh, for every 10 transactions that you open, do you have 10 closings? That is something that is a competitive difference in the marketplace. And so what this is saying is that if for every 10 deals that you open escrow with, the average realtor has two that cancel. When I go on a listing presentation and I've got a better stat than that, I'm going to show this and I'm going to say my job is for you to have zero cancellations because when you start sell when you sell your home and you know that the, if you got a buyer for it the worst thing that can happen is for that to cancel so this information i think is golden and it's obviously important for us to know how to interpret it now on a monthly basis uh lee the lvr puts out a report of how what happened for the month in comparison to the previous month that's what I wanted to spend uh, perhaps the majority of uh, our time on. And um, each of the bits of information I think are very valuable. It's important to have perspective. It's important to have an opinion of what is taking place. So what we know, and before I go to that report, I'll just share this one if I can. So I track internally, and it's your information, but I track uh, internally for our company and have been tracking since 2004, the number of uh, uh, ex the existing listing inventory every single week. And I've been tracking it since 2004. And as most of you, if you were around during the Great Recession, you know that our inventory was the highest and we had 25, 27,000 homes on the market. And so when we look at that from a perspective standpoint, it's important that we have that perspective because yes, our inventory has grown, but it's still significantly less than our high water mark. And, and we've added from a new homes perspective, 10,000 new homes every year, let's say seven to 10,000 every year to our stock of homes. So at any given time, that inventory that we have on the market is a smaller reflection because we've been adding homes to the market. Bottom line is, in October of this of last year, we hit the high water mark for inventory, and it was 8,520. That was in October. Now it is 5,525. And what I did your difference? It's a huge difference. And we're not talking about the fact that the inventory is being absorbed or what is really happening, and this is uh, an interesting because I had my vice president of research uh, investigate it, um, there's a few factors that cause that are causing this number to be lower. The most important, I believe, is that in the month of December, we had about 1,200 properties that expired. Lee, you know that December is absolutely creation month. That's when all uh, somebody takes a listing in June. July, August, September, they all expire on December 31st. Yep. And so that's why we have so many. But we had 1,200 expire in the month of December. And to this point, only 7.5% of 
of those expired properties have come back to market. That is unbelievable and, and does not match history. So why have 93%, 92.5% of all the homeowners that expired not come back to market? And my answer is they are the ones that should have never been on the market. And they, they were on they were overpriced. Absolutely. They were either and they were market and they were market rejected. Yeah. Correct. And so uh they basically were the ones that said back in June, July, August, well, if I can get my price, stop there. A great listing agent should say, You can't get your price. Right. And so we shouldn't even try. But the reality is some agents were not even on top of the market at that time to be able to say that the market has shifted and changed. And we're seeing- uh, you hold, on for, you hold on for just a second. I think it's really the important message is you have to understand the market. And so when you said we shouldn't be taking those listings, that is just good stewardship. And based on our statutes and our code of ethics says, hey, by the way, I think you're a little exaggerated on your price. And you know it gives our industry a bad name. Business signs are up there for too long. It's just a, it's just a, it's not a good, good look. Absolutely. And what's interesting is that you know there are agents who specialize in expired listings. Um, they were working their butts off in December, and unfortunately, they were dealing with a lot of unmotivated sellers. And Correct. that's not typical. Usually, uh, sellers do have some motivation. And when their listings expire, they're disappointed. They feel like the market has rejected them. What's happened? What's wrong, et cetera. Uh, but in this scenario, what we found were, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I was, I wasn't really that motivated to sell, but if I could get my price and yeah, I know that the market has come down, but I don't want to come down to that price. So when it expired, we just decided not to go back on the market. That is what and, I, and Bob, when we were both active agents. We were both listing agents. Yep. And so this is a, a very unusual anomaly because normally you'd have a third of those or half of those go back on the market. So very interesting statistic. Yeah. And and what you also know is that the months of November and December are the least amount of the least amount of listings come to market in November and December. Why? Because many real estate agents believe that it's not a good time to have your home on the market. And so many real estate agents say, let's wait to the first of the year. And many sellers say the same thing, which it's not true because nope. the best time to have your home on the market is during the holidays because there's still a, a large number of buyers that are still in the market, but there's less inventory. So, uh, uh, and this is historically correct, but now we're seeing that the start of the year did not replenish the inventory. So this is an anomaly. Normally in January, you have a lot of listings and you have very few sales and that's how the inventory grows. What we're seeing from your numbers is that we're listing property. Buyers have started to recognize, you know what? 6% interest isn't so bad. Maybe I can get a buy down. And, and they're saying, I need to live somewhere and I don't want to rent a home. So the bottom line is they're getting into the market. And what's also happening because those 1,200 homes are no longer on the market, the remaining sellers have been coached by their agent and they are, I realize the market's not the same. I realize that we've lost all of the appreciation in the year of 2022. 
And so I have to go back a year in pricing to be able to share an accurate price. And all of this is general. We obviously have to go local. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because each neighborhood is local to itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's why I was describing macro to micro. Because sure. in the macro area, we can not be offensive to the seller because this has, this isn't your home. This is just what's happening in the market. And in the market, we've lost all the appreciation. And in the market, we, we quadrupled in inventory and have the in sales. So that has been the significant change that's taken place in the market. It's improved since that point. But that's that's what we were saying to sellers to cause them to know where they're at. And then we go to the specifics of their home. Now let's look at what's happening in your neighborhood, in your floor plans, et cetera. So um, uh, start from here and work your way down. And by the time you get down there, the sellers are not as offended by the numbers, because you've already explained what's happening in the market. So, and it took, uh, and it took, the, and it took that time to do that. Oh yeah, that time for people to realize that. Absolutely, it absolutely did. So, uh, in these numbers, we talk about the inventory, and then the number of new listings that came to market. We had a forty-four percent increase from December, which is an which is December is a low inventory market uh, month, but we had. 44% more listings that came to market than in December. So we still had a lot of homes coming to the market, but we absorbed 2061 in the month of January. So uh, uh, there were a lot of sales. We had all those listings that expired. And so that's why our inventory continued to decline uh, abnormally to a typical market. And Bob, as you, as you know, when you look at our statistics from the association, we go back all the way to 2013. And so we have the charting to prove everything you're saying. So it's, it's show versus sell. Exactly. Stop selling, start yep. showing. Yep. Uh, uh, agreed 100%. Um, so on the, the what I described was open escrows. And this report, our reports show uh, new sales or sales, and that's open escrows. And then closings, uh, which is the number of properties the previous month or the previous two months that actually came to closing. Well, since we already know that November and December are lower months for sales, that means that in December is the lowest month every single year for new sales. That means that January is going to be the lowest month for new closings. Um, and so we were at 1,325 new closings. But here is something that is hugely important. So since around June, we have been experiencing price declination in the tune of about 1% to 2% every single month. So that $100,000 home is worth $98,000 the next month and $96,000, whatever it is, the following month. Every month, we experience that all the way through the end of the year. And so when you add those ones and twos, that's how we lost all the appreciation from January until April-ish. But here is the kicking chicken. We had no price declination from December to January. It was 425,000. So what does that mean, Lee? It means that the, the, we may have found the bottom. Absolutely stabilized. And so every buyer 
is wanting to know and they want to get in when you found the bottom. And so many of our buyers right now are saying, oh, we've got a long ways to go and it's going to be tough and it's going to... Well, that's not what the friggin' numbers are saying. No, because the numbers say that we hit rock bottom in December and January flattened out of 425. So I'm no expert, but that's what how I interpret these numbers. And so I threw them out. Absolutely. So one month does not a, a, a trend make. And so we have to look at what happens in February for January's numbers. But I suggest that we're going to see a flattening or the, we have seen the flattening of the market. And what we're seeing with builders now is that they are absolutely firming up their prices. And in some communities, they are raising prices. And guess what? So what caused us to get into our resale price decline was new home builders because new home builders are forced to respond to the marketplace more than our sellers typically are. Because real quickly, they have to. Absolutely. We're going to sell this stuff. No matter what, we're going to sell it. And so it's so, fu it's so funny. It's so funny you bring that up, Bob, because I had somebody in class a couple of days ago, a new home agent. And she said in the last 45 days, in her track, she sold 38 properties. Mm -hmm. 38 properties. So, you know, everybody says, well, the market's not there. No, the market's there. You know, you just have to go out and find it. The market is hugely there. And if anyone has held an open house over the last 30 days, then we don't have to be, we're preaching to the choir because you already know it. Because we are now seeing people coming back to open houses. We're seeing multiple offers again. We're seeing sale prices above list price, not because property values are going crazy, but because listing agents are pricing properties to today's market. And when they, when a buyer sees that and when another agent sees that, what they say is, this is a well-priced home. And Absolutely. so now it creates that, that whole interest from multiple buyers. And now you have that competition. So it, it, in my opinion, I believe we should be underpricing every single listing so that we can attract more buyers so that we can compete and push that price up higher. Absolutely. That's what we're seeing. I think, I, I think, uh, I think whenever we see a market that's changing, it's always the consumer that says, I fear losing this opportunity versus I fear uh, gaining. Nobody fears gaining anything, right. but they fear losing it. And that opportunity is out there now. Amen. Agreed hundred percent. So, uh, the, the last point, and I'll open it up to any other questions that you might have, uh, or comments. The last point is that while I said that sales prices flattened in uh, between December and January of 425,000, you have to go a little bit deeper to see what ultimately and really happened. And that is on the price per square foot, both on a median and an average standpoint. The median price per square foot went up 1.7% and the That's average huge. price per square foot went up 2.1%. So what does that mean? What that means is that the average home was a little bit smaller that sold in or closed in January than in December. And because it was a little smaller, it still sold for a higher price per square foot, even though it was still 425. Absolutely. And that is something that I believe was missed 
when we have been talking to the press and talking to the marketplace because we have seen price decline, but it hasn't been as significant if you look at price per square foot because right. what has happened, as most everyone knows, is the person that was going to buy a 3,000-square-foot home said, we can't afford that 3,000-square-foot home. Let's buy a 2,500-square-foot right. And so the property type has changed. And so when you look at it that way, on a price per square foot, we haven't seen the same kind of declines as we have uh, on the average sales price or median sales price. So you, you mentioned in a changing market, I love changing markets. I hate stagnant markets. And when you have a stagnant market, well, let's just say a consistently increasing market without right. the variation, then who needs us? They, 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 they can sell their home themselves or they don't need a great realtor like we all try to develop. Anybody can do it. But when it comes down to markets changing, that's when you really need a great professional. And what you have in your arsenal is two sides of information. In other words, you have information that you can present to a buyer and there's all kinds of stats that say, you know, uh, we, we flattened out, property values are going up, that's great. Okay, now we go on a listing presentation and yes, we may still show this, but what we'll also show is that inventory is still 100% higher than it was last year at this time. So there are, are twice the number of options that a buyer has to consider, and that's not even considering new homes uh, as, as competitors. So in, in a changing market, Lee, you know that there's a news article that comes out about the markets going down, and then another news article says markets going up. And so we use that information to our benefit, not deceiving the public, but just causing them to see that there's all kinds of opinions out there. And our job is to kind of decipher through that and, and share the, the most accurate information. And it's funny, uh, Bob, because that's why you're here. You know, you called me and said, I, I, I'm concerned about all the negative press that we're getting. And we, we have to go minute and and make sure we, people understand and right. so robert i've i've talked to you about this before um today and i'd love to have you uh do this with me uh i've also asked forrest and i'm going to put put this out to other brokers if there's other brokers that are statistically savvy i would love to have this be four or five people going back and forth giving our members our sixteen thousand plus members the opportunity to look at things on a uh, micro and macro level. And it helps us all. The more sophisticated our agents become in the marketplace, the more likely they are to accept offers, the more likely they are to take listings um, that are at market or slightly below. And I agree with you as wholeheartedly, as far as I'm concerned, owners need to go slightly below because you can always go up but it's difficult for people to mentally go down. So go down to the best price and then make a little bit slight of adjustment on that so that you can create activity. Because yeah. like you and I know, it's the activity on the listing that gets the property sold. It's not putting it in the multiple. It's not, it's getting those people to come in and physically look at the property that changes the whole marketplace. You and I go back so far, uh, you remember, and he's still around, David Knox. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, David Knox, fabulous real estate instructor. He used to make a statement that the list price is the most important uh, price that we select in the overall marketing. 
And then he would respond to a seller that says, well, I don't, I don't want, I mean, if I list here, then they're going to make offers here. His response to that is I would rather list right and reject offers than, than list overpriced and get none, which would you prefer, which would you prefer a seller? And so that, that kind of puts it in, in, in a great perspective. And that's exactly what will happen if you, if you price properties correctly, I would love to continue this and and be able to invite some others because there's some great people out there, some other bro. Absolutely. Well, we were supposed to, today we were have, supposed to have Forrest with us and Forrest has yeah. got some really cool stuff that he talked to me about where he sees a change in the market in the next two months based on the statistical data. And Absolutely. what I want everybody to realize that we have to give the information we give, but Robert and Forrest and whoever wants to get involved in this before you ever put that information out to the press, I'd like to digest this a little bit more so we get some really cool information that's honest, has integrity, but more importantly, explains the market in a little bit more detail. And so yeah, you're, I think, you're up for you're up for that, right? Absolutely. And and I think that the, the point is that we have to spoon feed the press. Uh so and, and and the press always leans to the negative. And if we don't manage them, then they will just go to the negative and then that will cause the market to not look good. Now I, I think, Lee, there are some listing agents that like that. And I understand that, 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 you know, look at what the press is saying. Properties are down, prices are down, so they can use that in a listing presentation. But I would much prefer to have accuracy and interpretation um, than, than to just throw it out there. So, and that, uh, and that, and that, and that falls in, on integrity, and that's what we're always looking at is, as a profession, to give the the most accurate information we can. Robert, man, thank you very much. This, I, and I go back and forth from Robert to Bob because we have known each other for a long time. I don't even know. I think you go back to me being called Bobby by you. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have known. I've told you all kinds of things that I, I know you have. repeat. <laughs> just, don't call, just don't call me late for dinner. But, exactly. I, um, but I appreciate you. I know you've got another appointment and you're running late for it. Um, Thank you very much to all the rest of the brokers, to all the rest of the people that are saying, man, I want to be part of this. Reach out to me at LVRPresident2023 at gmail.com. And I will make sure that when we do another one of these, we have different points of view and different opinions. And I think our members will appreciate that. Robert, I appreciate you. And uh, thank you very much for everything. Thanks for the opportunity, Lee. I appreciate it. Take care of it. Bye-bye.